Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the party. My name is Jason Hunt. And I'm Timothy Harvey. Yeah, that was your cue. (laughs) I had a thought today. And I'm not sure I'm not sure what to think of this thought, but I had a thought today. You're thinking a thought about your thought? Yeah. Um and it's thoughts all the we way. We are let's see. We're we're in August now. September, October, November. We are four months away from this show's tenth anniversary. Can you imagine uh-huh. we've been doing this for 10 years? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. That's not a bad thing. Oh, just, yeah. my it, goodness. It just, it, I mean, it's just like, oh, wait, that's this year, isn't it? I, I don't know what made me think of it. But I thought, oh, I've, yeah, we've been doing this for 10 years now. Yeah, I mean, it time time <sighs> zips past. It does. It really, really does. It really does. Ugh. All right. So, so in order to celebrate, you, we're, we're gonna pl- we're gonna plan episode? we're gonna plan early. We're not gonna do the musical episode. We're not gonna do the Milli Vanilli <laughs> Shuffle episode or anything like that. But I have an idea. Let me run this past you. Okay. So, <clears throat> on. Uh, Good Morning Multiverse, we had an interview with Andy uh, Andy Belage, who's got the Indiegogo project that he's doing right now for Mother Trucker, right? Mm, and he, right yeah, sure. in, in the course of the interview, he mentions Darwin Cook. He was a friend with Darwin, and he's a friend of Jimmy Palmiotti. And I had just finished reading New Frontier by Darwin Cook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm Great thinking, book. I'm thinking, they've done an animated picture. Fairly well, well crafted, yeah. and it's done. I thought, it, I thought it was a good, a good adaptation. But I thought to myself, since I own the book, <laughs> we we could do a ten episode live action series adapting this book because here I got I got the book right here in my hand. Uh-huh, yeah, <laughs> we yeah, could physically have we it, could yeah. adapt New Frontier by Darwin Cook into a ten episode series live action. And then just, just you know, I mean, DC's not doing anything with it. And right, who, sure. who knows what David Zaslav's going to end up doing with everything. I mean, he could kill off DC Comics altogether by the time all this is done. But I've got the book right here. I bought it with my own money. May I, may I make a recommendation? <laughs> perhaps, perhaps one should consult with a copyright attorney. Maybe. As opposed to... <laughs> The folks over at uh, the Spice Dow, uh, which was originally was it was originally the Dune Dow, um, yeah, Spice Club. So there's Spice Club now, Spice Club. Spice Club. It sounds like sounds like a completely different line of business, right? Uh, there's there's five and girls, and they all okay. Never mind. Either that, or there's you know a cover charge and, and a drink minimum, and and the girls preferred and bill form mm-hmm. um not saying there's anything wrong with that i'm just saying that's what it sounds like yeah 
So back. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Um, I, I think you may have caught earlier shows in the subjects of crypto and NFTs and um, uh, Web three and things like that have come up. I, it may has may have come across that I don't think much of any of this stuff, and that's because I don't think much of any of this stuff. Right. I don't know. Um, and it's admittedly, if you got into crypto early on, it's entirely possible you made a lot of money. Well, did, you didn't are, uh, did uh, we we know uh, Chris Bilsma has has dabbled in it a little bit, and yeah, he, I mean, been, he made a little been, bit, I guess. It, there are folks who have made a lot of money in it. There are also folks who have lost far more money, yeah. amounts of money. In fact, there's currently a, a, a website called Web3 is growing, going great. And they have a running total of the amount of money that has basically gone up in smoke uh, due to rug pulls and, and just poorly managed. Um, turns out that unregulated uh financial systems have downsides um and if you lose your money you don't have any way to get it back <laughs> i mean i don't i don't know who couldn't have seen that coming but right. yeah web3 is just going just great it is, it is it is a very entertaining site if you are if you if you are like me and don't think much of this stuff it's it's entertaining to just kind of watch this giant train wreck unfold if it is something that you are very interested in and and you think is got potential it's also worthwhile to look at because buyer beware do your research figure out where the pros and cons of things are yeah it's good to know where the risks fall in something like this it's a brand new technological world that's the idea of web3 right it's supposed to be the next step in the internet it's supposed to be more of a, a egalitarian less run by the big corporations it, it's there's not there's some not bad ideas here right however making a not bad idea into a reality eh, <laughs> not always a thing that can go smoothly i'm getting so, i'm getting a note from our official program observer one, uh, I'm getting a, okay, so I'm getting a pop-up here. YouTube is not receiving enough video to maintain smooth streaming. So we might, uh, we might pixelate a little bit, might buffer a little bit. And Mrs. I Boss. I can see us over there. We're Mrs. moving around. Mrs. Boss says your audio is, is chopping up quite a bit. My audio. Okay. Yeah, well, let's trust that little popping in the, in the mic that we've had that problem before. Yeah. So Periodically. One has to try and reconnect the mic and see if maybe we have results. So hopefully that helps. All right, let me adjust here. I think uh, maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. We're getting there. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> let's see what the, let's see how long we go. Once more with the playing, right? right? Yeah, I don't think it helped very much. But anyway, all right. So uh, let's okay. let's continue. Right. So, we've talked about Jodorowsky's Dune before. Yeah. It is a great documentary. Fantastic documentary about the, the 
attempt to make this film, which I think the best thing that happened is that it did not get made. Um, this is uh, this is a much more interesting story than if it had actually gone to screen because we're talking a ten hour movie that nobody would have sat through. Yeah. Um, and could have conceivably killed the idea of a Dune adaptation for decades. And it would have not been a faithful adaptation. Jodorowsky basically was very clear. He was not looking to make a faithful adaptation anyway. Right. So, I mean, so it wouldn't, if you, if you were a fan of Dune, you would not be getting what you wanted. If you were a, and, and, and probably had the consequence of, of not getting the, the risk of an adaptation. Now a 10 hour adaptation of something that's, that's a season on Netflix or, you know, Amazon prime or wherever. Yeah. You know, that's, and quite frankly, a 10 hour Dune adaptation. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. mean, that's, I mean, sci-fi tried it. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, you know, I think that for the, their time and effort, um, I enjoyed the sci-fi adaptations. I own them. Um, I, uh, I think they're a very interesting attempt to, to deal with some complicated effect requirements. Um, and for their budgets, they did pretty well. Um, and, you know, had a pretty, pretty solid cast. But Jodorowsky's Dune did not get made. Um, what did get made were about 20, 25 Dune Bibles. And these are hundred pages, uh, hundreds of pages of just production art, uh, storyboards, sketches, notes, all kinds of just amazing stuff. It's a beautifully impressive um uh, collection of what every every tv and film production builds something like this right so basically this is this is where you have the the costume designs and you have the the concepts that you are going to build the world that your story is taking place in whether it's science fiction or a mystery show or a, a romantic comedy somebody's got a, a list somewhere of here are the rules of the thing that we are making and when you get into something like science fiction and fantasy, you obviously have the you're creating creating a universe that is different than the one you're in. So you have these just amazing sketches and very much a if you're thinking, you know, 1960s, 1970s fashion, if that's your thing, then you're going to find it. Um, but also some some fantastic uh, production design in terms of you know, ship art, uh, set design. Or you Yeah, you had people. Uh, I mean, the, the potential people involved in this, you know, Pink Floyd doing the soundtrack, um, you know, um, Salvador Dali playing the emperor of known space. <laughs> I mean, we're looking at I mean, this well, thing and, would have been. Insane. And the designs, I mean, you've got Mobius involved. You've got uh, you've got H.R. Giger, uh, who mm -hmm. went on to design the alien, the xenomorph for, right. for alien and, and that group. So, yeah, I mean, the the amount of talent that's attached to this thing, if it had gone forward, it certainly would have been an interesting visual experience, I'm sure. Audio-visual experience. I mean, when you got Pink Floyd in yes. there, I mean, this is after, I, I think, I want to say this is after The Wall, right? Um, I think it might actually be before, but I'm not sure. Um, it's, it's... Uh, 
it would have been an amazing train wreck, I think. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's the best thing that happened uh, for, for Dune fans and for Jodorowsky is that he didn't get his Dune made. Right. Because the documentary is fantastic. <laughs> um, and, and it's fascinating at ABBA and Queen for the soundtrack. Yeah, you know, um, I don't, I don't know that ABBA, Queen, and Pink Floyd uh, all blend together well, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm game. Yeah, Emma says, uh, uh, you know what? Giving so, I think a, a lot of this stuff. Feel. Hmm? Emma says it has a Barbarella feel. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a certain there's a certain period of time here where you're looking at a lot of this production design that you're good. It's heavily influenced uh, by a lot of French designers uh, like Mobius and things like that. And mm-hmm. and you got Barbarella, of course, came comes out of that school of art in the comic strips, and therefore that's the kind of feel you get when when you get the, the film adaptation. Um, and it was kind of uh, that period of time. There was a lot of this. I have. Um, was it Omni? Yeah, it was Omni magazine. I have yeah, uh, yeah. got several old issues in a box around here, and a lot of the artwork you would see in the in the early '80s for Omni magazine was this kind of artwork. It was this kind of uh, uh, it was you could tell it was heavily influenced um, by this whole school of thought, especially in Starship design. Um, some really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, and some things it's like that's a wildly impractical starship. Why would you build that? Um, but it looks cool. Yeah, the cover, of the, the ship on the cover of of the Dune Bible. You look at it and go, okay, um, explain that to me. But uh, it looks like a couple of Chinese finger puzzles. It kind of does. It also looks like what would a... happen if you were to take like the Romulan Warbird and then try and graft the enterprise nacelles on top right. and flip it around right i mean it's it's kind of like a hot dog, but it's you know it's still it's it's a it's a fascinating design there's a lot of really interesting things visually happening with the dune bible um Jodorowsky's vision for the story would definitely be a unique vision and it would have been a very interesting thing to see i'm glad it didn't happen Fast forward <laughs> to earlier this year. And I mean earlier, I mean like January. Well, actually, it was it was earlier than that because it was in November when it was up for auction in, at, at Christie's. True. So, yeah, and it goes up for auction for its generally expected price. Which is not what it ended up going for. <laughs> no. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, when you when you go to try and get something at an auction, you know they, there's a there's a set price where the where the bidding begins, and there's sort of this expectation, and you can see it up there on the screen: twenty five thousand to thirty five thousand euros. Right. That's that's expensive right for a book. There's no question. That's a that's a pricey volume right there. Um, but it's rare, and of course, rarity makes things more valuable. That's how it works. That's not what it sold for. Oh, 
It sold, it sold for, for two point six six million euros. You may notice there's a slight inflation in the price. Yes. Well, and and they even bragged about it over yeah. here on Twitter, and they said, "Hey, we won the auction for two point six six million." I'm like, "Why would you spend that much?" Well, and and the best part is, is that now our mission to is to. I know. And here's <laughs> where anybody who nobody, I mean, if you had not heard of this yet, if you were, if if this was something that was, you know, you didn't, you know, I I don't follow what's being auctioned at Christie's generally. Yeah. I mean, there's you. You and I have talked about stuff on Good Morning Multiverse that's up for sale. Where it's genre stuff, mm-hmm. you know. We 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 talked about that. We both had news stories where it's like this is going up for auction. It's a cool thing. You can get Jason's mask or you know Freddie's glove, and this is the original prop, and it's like you know twenty five thousand dollars or whatever. Right. Um. So yeah, I mean this this is a relevant news story to genre fans. This this auction, but it also kind of slipped past me. I didn't I didn't particularly notice. But then they say, we're going to make the book public to the extent permitted by law, produce an original animated limited series inspired by the book and sell it to a streaming service, support derivative projects from the community. Now, okay, let's let's parse this a little bit, because the very first thing that they have planned here, make the book public to the extent permitted by law. There's a couple of things there. One, you have this thing called copyright. Yes. And buying a book does not give you, unless, unless the contract for the sale stipulates this, just buying right. the book does not give you the rights creatively or any kind of ownership of the copyright or, or any of the material inside this book. It, it, all of the artwork by Darwin Cook belongs to Darwin, well, belongs to DC, but it's, it's Darwin Cook's work. Right. And this book is a collection of material and it's copyrighted. I don't even know who would own the copyright at this point because you know so many people have been involved and, and the rights have transferred back and forth, all this stuff, because of, of the Herbert. Yeah. Somebody from the Herbert estate maybe would do, would have this. So this is this is complicated by the fact that Jodorowsky is still alive. So yeah. he's got a stake in this too because he created the content. Right. Um, and so where, yeah, he but he does no longer has the rights to the Dune series to, to adapt it. So this is both a, 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 yeah, it's it's a very complicated copyright situation. <laughs> right. But like you said, buying a book doesn't give you the right to do anything, anything. with it except from enjoy the book. Yeah, making I mean, the book public, you you can't. I mean, but yeah. other other than the fact that you don't own the copyright to it, there are already well, there have been. You we were talking about it before the show started. That since disappeared offline. But there are already scans of the entire book that were out there in in the Ethernet out out for people to find. And you could you could go through and you could look through the entire book and you don't have to own it. You don't have to buy a copy of it because there's right. only like was, 10 of them. That was questionably legal because, yeah, again, you know, if you if you go and, and buy, you know, um, 
yeah. any comic book if and I, scan it and put I, it online. If I scan all of this and put it on our website, I would be in violation of copyright. And that would you would, be, you would likely get a cease and desist, take it down, um, and potentially and potentially a, a letter from a lawyer. Yeah. Um, so so there's some complications with Plan One, right? <laughs> right. Uh, with Line One, uh, so so but but it's qualified by to the extent permitted by law. So yeah. the answer to that is not no, at all. Not at all. Not at all. Okay. Number two. Um, <laughs> Produce an original animated limited series inspired by the book and sell it to a streaming service. Okay, one, that uh, that assumes that you make something that's good enough for the streaming services to even be interested in, and especially now in the economy that we have, given the fact that all of the streaming services are, you know, trimming back the fat, as it were, and firing people and not spending as much. And you got well, Warner this was Brothers. January, so yeah, it would, yeah, that's true. Know, that's true. They could have had a different idea, but and animated the, pictures cost a lot of money. That's yeah. We'll we'll get to we'll, we'll get to talking about some of the money details <laughs> here in a bit, but because they get yeah, they're interesting, right? Um, so yeah, and and this is backwards, by the way. Um, produce some, you know produce the series and then sell it to the streaming service. Okay, folks, that's a great idea. And there's an, there's arguments to be made to have the content you want to create in hand. If you're going to sell it crowdfunding, folks run into this all the time. They, they, they're going to sell, they, they say, give, give me money so I can make the thing. And then the thing doesn't get made. And, and the folks who have supported whatever it is, and you see it, it it's been going on as long as there's been crowdfunding. Right. Uh, there have been, I mean, whether it's a, whether it's a, a novel or a comic book or a gadget or an album or something, there have been plenty of cases where folks have sat there and went, we're going to make this thing. And you're like, I'm going to give you 50 bucks. And then you never see the thing. It, it, yeah. It's unfortunate, but it happens. There, there are risks involved in crowdfunding. I want to, I want to interrupt here real quick. Robert's saying that he thinks he might have COVID. Robert, if you do, or if you, if you don't, we hope you feel better soon. Exactly. That's that's uh, that's no fun. You feel better. I have a uh, one of my coworkers currently has it, and she is dealing with the she can't taste anything stage of things. Yeah. And it's really she's she's she loves she and her she and her husband love to cook, and so she's just like I can't taste any of this. Mm. And that's no fun to try and eat when you can't taste the food. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, hopefully you don't, or or if you do, we hope you can recover quickly. Question from um, MS: Could they argue that Jodorowsky's vision is a separate vision from Herbert's Dune and do this? Um, so, it's a good question. So this was actually one of the arguments put forth. So what happened? Yeah. Let, let, let's talk about the third one real quick, and then we'll talk about the fallout from this one <laughs> quick tweet. All right. right. Support derivative projects from the community. What that means is that the community of this this DAO, this Spice DAO, and we'll talk about DAOs in a minute. Um, everybody would have the you know their short short version. They are a group. Uh, it's a it's a bottom up. It's like an investment structure. Group. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like and, yeah. and so so you, everybody everybody has a vote, and you um, so the community would help you know, come up with ideas for derivative projects. Well, the problem with derivative projects <laughs> is the same C1 and 2, is that if, for here's an example that, that a lot of folks will get, I think. Um, if you have 
if you create a comic book character for for DC or Marvel that is a spin-off of an existing character right most of the time that character automatically becomes the property of is already built is built in is already the property of DC. It's not a right. you might have created the character, but you don't have the rights to the character because it's well, derivative of a, a classic example of that. Character. A classic example of that is She Hulk, because uh, mm -hmm. Universal Television was doing the TV show with Bill Bixby, and mm -hmm. uh, I saw an interview one time with Stan Lee, and they were saying Universal was really happy with what they were doing with the TV show. And there was a rumor that they had been thinking about doing a spinoff with a female version of the character. And, mm -hmm. and Marvel said, oh, crap, we better come up with it first. Because mm -hmm. if Universal had done She-Hulk first, then Universal would have owned it. Right. Because it's a derivative work. But the way the rights were all parceled out, and, and this is back when Marvel was not doing too well financially... But if yeah. they had if they had come up with She-Hulk, they would have owned at least a piece of her in perpetuity until they sold it. So right. the Marvel guys sat there and said, well, we better come up with She-Hulk first so we'd we'd own the character. And that's that's where Savage She-Hulk came from, which became the sensational She-Hulk, which now we get the She-Hulk TV show. Right. But that's the that's the same kind of thing. That's what's considered a derivative work. So Superboy is a derivative work of Superman. Um, the Green and, Lantern Corps is yeah. derivative of, of, of the, the Hal Jordan Green Lantern, so therefore that right. entire group of characters... X-23 you know, is a derivative work from Wolverine. Right. So, yeah. and, and the downside for this is that you can see it blow up in the face of, of creators sometimes. Uh, you look at uh, a whole bunch of different uh, artists involved with Marvel and DC who have created characters... Who can't use those characters, or or their care, or they are Watchmen. Of course, is a fantastic example um, because there have been spinoff series of Watchmen that that Alan Moore never wanted, right, and was vehemently against. And yet DC has the right, so they can do that. And DC owns the characters that you know created the. I mean, yeah, it's it can be it can you be know, very unfortunate thing, from the creative side. That whole thing is just such a, a, a swamp. You know, to hear well, those stories I mean, because the, you know, the, yeah, the DC done done Alan Moore and and uh, oh. and Dave Gibbons dirty on that one. Oh, they did, they did, and and even though they have made some minor, if you're if you're just listening to the podcast, think think millimeters between my fingertips, uh, minor uh, fig leaves. Um, it's not anywhere. It will never be enough. Yeah. Uh, but Alan Moore is making movies now, so. He's gonna be okay. I think so. And he's still as he's still as grouchy as ever and having a good time with it. Um, these, these people, however, so, are not going to be okay. <laughs> so well, yeah, because 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 so this this goes shows up, and suddenly they discover they're getting a, a lot of reaction. Now, what they're not getting is the reaction they were probably hoping for, which is the that's fantastic. Where can I, you know, how how can I be a part of this? They got a lot of that. Yeah, they also got a lot of that's not how any of this works responses. <laughs> a lot of it coming from lawyers on Twitter who were very clear going, OK, that's not how copyright works. 
and none of these things are going to happen because you are going Warner Brothers, who currently owns the right to Dune, is going to sue you so far into the ground. Yeah. Um, and as far as I can tell, I, I have not actually seen that Warner Brothers has done anything. I think their their legal department sat there and went, no, no, I want to watch. <laughs> right. They're just sitting back and laughing. <laughs> You know, because they don't even have to spend any money to watch this yeah. whole thing. It's like employed. it's like there's a it's like there's a you know the meme that has all of the presidents in the room laughing at and laughing together or or that that group of people in the office where they're all laughing and and you could you could even put the thing in there and then they said they'd make a cartoon out of it. You know, and you, right. you, you you see this, but yeah, the copyright doesn't work that way. If if you are going to do any kind of an adaptation. Uh, you have to either do something that's in the public domain, like we did with the statement of Randolph Carter, and make mm -hmm. sure that all the copyrights are clear. Because once it gets past a certain amount of time, the copyrights lapse, and it's anybody. That's why we're getting Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, you know, it's right. because the copyrights have lapsed. So it's now in the public domain. The first five books of the Barsoom series from Edgar Rice Burroughs are in the public domain. So anybody could go out and make a John Carter movie. Well, it's like, it's in, in other, in, there's a reason you get King Arthur stories and Sherlock Holmes stories is because, yeah. well, okay. So Sherlock Holmes is an interesting case because yeah. not all of Sherlock Holmes's work is in the public domain yet. yet. Yeah. Well, Bar some of it Bar is some of the it same isn't. way. Yeah. yeah, well, and that's so and that's some, what they ran been into. Some lawsuits with... involved with that, with adaptations going. You're adapting part of this. I think yeah. I want to say that um, the Enola Holmes Elementary ran into a problem. Yeah, and well, Enola Holmes ran Enola into some problems too. Yeah. too, because they say you're using some later aspects of Sherlock that are still under copyright. He he didn't act that way in the earliest stories. You can't use that yet. Which is, I mean, I mean, you're 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 yeah, it's some hair splitting hairs, there, but. but but I mean, but but that's just it. You're correct. You're, you are you are protecting your intellectual copyright. That is yeah. that is what your legal team is supposed to do. Right. That's why you pay them to do that. The folks over at the Spice Dow could have consulted a lawyer for about two hundred dollars prior to making their two point six six million euro purchase and discovered that this tweet, everything about it is wrong. Yeah. And they did not. <laughs> They're learning, so, though. I mean... Uh, yeah, so the internet comes out, um, basically, uh, and, and there's, there's, I've, I've talked about it before, there's that segment of, of, of Twitter, which is colloquially, colloquially referred to as law Twitter. Right. And this was a whole bunch of, of lawyers going, wait, what? <laughs> and you can find you can find long threads from copyright lawyers going, let me explain. Yeah. Why this is not a, this is not a thing that can happen. And they would sit there and quote, you know, the relevant law and the and the statute, all the different things. And they would sit there and go, OK, here's where here's what happens if they live in Europe. Here's what happens if they live in the U.S. You know, here's here's the problems caused by it being a, a, a DAO because you have people who live in other places. I mean, there's all these different, there's so many different legal parts of this that were just working against these folks. Yeah. 
Yeah. But they don't yeah. stop there. Uh, well, so, they, they, yeah. they come back, I guess this is, this is in March, uh, and they come back and they decide that they're going to make some NFTs or something out of it. If I rem- if I, if I understand the, if I understand the timeline right here, mm-hmm. um, he's basically saying, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to do this, uh, this new thing where we're going to make NFTs, so scan the book, make NFTs that people can buy, and raise $12 million and burn the book as a publicity stunt. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, wait a minute, why would you want to do that? Uh, and, and this actually sparked an internal, because you could actually go to the there, you could, you could, all right, so if you're not familiar with what a DAO is, um, like I said, it, it's sort of this collective group of people who have, again, it's bottom up. So it's, it's voting by the organization. It doesn't have a central authority. Yeah. This is kind of the whole, this is kind of the whole web three model. This is the whole thing is that there's not a, you know, there's, it's kind of the wild west of the internet, right? Less rules, more individual individuality and, and things like that, which is great to a point, but it also has its drawbacks. And yes. one of the things that, that you can find with this sort of thing is, um, a majority vote in some of these cases can mean a whole lot of people are on the hook for a lot of money um, or lose a lot of money or yeah. basically become the subject, you know, be, be something they're pointing out that this, none of this stuff is legal and, right. and be voted down because people get excited about the idea. And enough people can sit there and say, let's burn the book that it becomes something that shows up online and everyone sits there and goes, wait, what? <laughs> Why would you do that? I know. right? Um, I mean, it's one of 10 existing copies. I've heard I've heard t- between 10 and 20, but majority of the time I've heard around 10 copies still exist. Mm-hmm. Why would you destroy this? I mean, at the very least, it's a historic artifact and it's its value is such that you know as you know it's it's rare and there's not that many of them which makes it more valuable and sure it's not worth 3 million but why would you why would you burn it and of course everybody it, it, you know there was the backlash and there was you know eventually they decided well no we're not going to do that and then the dow the dow comes apart and uh, I, this is this is July, where uh, where yeah. this where this report happens. No more Dune or Dow for the Dune Dow. Uh, Dow delusion was at its peak when the community went into this journey together. Wrote Spice Dow founder Soban Soibi Sakib. Uh, okay. Um, so this is the, this is the guy who this, this guy, is the guy who, put it together. who bought did the purchase originally. He got into he got into crypto. And made a lot of money, like twenty-five million dollars. He was yeah. he was doing very well, and he got into the NFT thing, and he sold um, NFTs, and and this was a very profitable thing for him. And he's the one who funded the original purchase of this, and he quickly discovered there were some drawbacks. However, <laughs> I, I, I had, imagine my surprise. 
Well, yeah. So one of the things that a lot of folks who do deal with the NFT space uh, and the crypto space seem to have missed yeah. is that even though this is sort of a very unregulated kind of cryptocurrency, whole, that whole thing is it's very low on regulations, it doesn't leave out the fact that you still have to pay taxes on this stuff. Aha. And there's a whole bunch of folks who made a lot of money in crypto who suddenly discovered that when the bottom has been falling out of crypto for the last month and a half, they still have to pay the taxes on the money that they, the profits they made. And this is a problem when suddenly you don't have that money anymore. Well, okay, check me on this, because my understanding, not necessarily of crypto, but my understanding as it comes to investments, and this just comes from... from Mainly our our money additions on on live from the bunker because I talked to Dad and Matt and and we talk about this stuff, and my understanding is that you when when you have to pay taxes it is on the actual profits realized. So if let's say you you buy a stock, you know, let's say you buy uh, Warner Brothers Discovery and it's uh, sure. it's fifteen dollars a share right now, and you go three months and it goes up to $20 a share where you've gained $5 a share in profit. Now, mm. if you sell that at $20 a share, then you have to pay taxes on that money because you've made a transaction and now you have income. But if you take that, if you take that stock and you keep it and it goes up to 20 and then it goes up to 25 and then it drops down to 12, for example, you're not paying taxes on the $25 a uh, stock because you haven't sold it yet you only you're only paying the taxes on the money that you realize after you make a sale sure okay all right so i mean that's, but a lot that's of these folks, a lot of these folks so if you were if you were looking at last year's crypto highs and you sold you still have to pay taxes on that money right but if you if there's one thing that we've seen since pretty much the beginning of this year is that crypto has been doing this yes and doing it rather dramatically um so much so that people like if it falls below this amount it's gonna everything oh oh it's falling below that amount okay if it falls below this amount <laughs> oh wait it's you know and and there have been you know hold there's again the web3 is going great thing uh, you can see all these various exchanges and things like that that have just gone belly up and there's a lot of fraud going on in there right now which has not helped so if you've got money in this right now, I would seriously, I'm, I am not a legal advisor. I am not a financial advisor. I would, would say be careful and and do your diligence too. Um, yeah, you can write off your losses unless you've already owed the taxes on that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's all kinds. Of, it, it, is, it is a mess and unregulation has its pros and cons. This yeah. would be one of the cons. <laughs> So, so, so yeah, Dow, so Sobe, Sobe wants to get out of this. Yeah. Because um, this has turned into a job. And <laughs> the coolness of owning this book, um, which he got the Spice Dow to buy off him um, for, I think, a loss. Okay. Um, I think he. I think he ended up coming in uh, uh, a little bit under. Um, so then, 
there's this whole back backtracking just a bit. Um, once they were told that they basically couldn't do any of this stuff because of copyright, they're like, well, we'll contact the relevant people and they'll see how excited everyone is. Mm -hmm. And they will 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 figure out some way to, to work this stuff out. And no, that, that did not happen. I'm pretty sure that none of the relevant people were willing to take these guys' calls um, or emails not. or any of that because there's no there's no benefit to them doing that. So, I, people I are starting actually, to ask questions within this group. I actually have a tough time imagining that these guys would have the resources to find the relevant people to contact at Herbert's estate or Warner Brothers. Or well, but that. the thing is, is that somehow along the way, they re not to in the not too distant past, somehow connected with Frank Herbert. No, sorry, but not with Frank Herbert. I said Frank Herbert. Uh, Frank Miller. That Frank Miller yeah. to do some NFT project together. Now, why Frank Miller would want to do this, I don't know. But apparently they had some profile pick NFT thing going with Frank Miller. Um, this is after they had a because af after they finally realized that none of the things was none of these things were going to happen. That they that they were you know all excited about. They decided to have a screenwriting competition. Okay, so we can't do the Dune thing. So let's make our own movie. Sure. Come on, kids, let's put on a show. Right. <laughs> so that script leaks. The script one several of the scripts that that are are suggested leak onto the internet. It may surprise you to know that most of them are not good. I'm shocked. Like this is my like shock very bad. And is... the one that is selected, which I think they paid them twenty twenty thousand dollars for, or something like that. Because um, you know we're talking we're talking folks who. So basically, another thing about DAOs is that you buy into this, right? Mm, right? So you give X, you buy, take X amount of your crypto dollars, and you buy a specific type of um, crypto coin that's tied to the DAO. So this would be the spice that they're calling it their spice. Shockingly, right? Right. Um, so people have invested a lot of money into this. They have a fair amount of money lurking about uh, in there. And so they're spending, they're going to spend this money, right? So the main, the script they, they, they buy, is this is the winner leaks. It's kind of, I was reminded of Krull, um, <laughs> and and I have I have a certain fondness for Krull because I of when guess. it came out and my you know, when I, how old I was and and the, some of the visuals are cool, but Krull does not have well okay Krull has a storyline yeah um, but anyway it's it's I, I'm and, kind of reminded about but it's like an edgy Krull which I'm like do we yeah. need an edgy Krull and funnily <laughs> enough it, I, I as a as a side side story to that. Um, I'm watching Deep Space Nine. Uh, I'm watching all. Uh, I'm watching it all the way through again. And I watched Crawl, and I thought, I wonder whatever happened to that guy. So the guy who played the lead in Crawl, Kenneth Marshall. Yeah. And I look on his IMDb, and it says he's got it's got Deep Space Nine listed in his credits. I'm like, what? He plays. The security officer, Commander Eddington. 
the balding. It is that guy. It is that guy. The guy with the receding hairline who ends oh up shifting it over to the monkey. It's Ken- Kenneth Martin like, wait a minute. Wait, what? It is. It is. I, I can see. Yeah. I can see their faces side by side in my head. Ken Marshall. Oh my god, that's real. And I'm like, oh, that's where he ended up. That's kind of wow. cool. <laughs> Boy, he got older. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Uh, well, they all did. We all have. Yeah. No question. Yes. Um. Okay. So here's here's where this really ridiculous story takes a dark turn. So this is this is all of this is nonsense, right? This is right. complete and utter, you know, everything from from vastly overpaying for a cool collectible, vastly misunderstanding what you can do with that thing, becoming a, a laughing stock of, I mean, every, every print story that ran from this, and I, well, you know, every major news source, right? If it was right. if it was not just you know twitter or facebook or whatever if it was running on a news site it was like these people spent a lot of money to not be able to do the thing they say they want to do yeah um and there was a, whether it was the mockery was open or it was just this is not a thing that could be done um it was it was there turns out a driving force behind a lot of this was a member known as fang a member of uh, the Romilia Collective. Well, the Romilia Collective turns out to have a bad history uh-huh. involving a suicide cult and the death of a 17-year-old boy from Montreal. There's a lot more to that story. It's dark. It's really unpleasant. This is not someone who I would have over for dinner. Um, or want near anybody that I care about just because they seem like an awful person. That's my opinion. Maybe they're lovely in real life. Would that be a 10-episode cautionary tale, perhaps? Ah, Be a serious cautionary tale. The, the, there was initially this, this was, again, if you want to dig into this, folks, it's, it's a dark story, but there was denied that they were who this person was, and then it turned out that they had ultimately admitted it. There's questions about about this whole collective thing, um, but it, it's a again at the end of the day, a kid got swept up in it and he is dead, and so there's a lot of blowback for this this thing anyway. So this guy turns out to be one of the people who's helping drive all of these projects over at Spice. This of course does not go over well for the people who don't want to be associated with this kind of person. Yeah, um, suicide cults not necessarily good for the PR. Um, Now we're in vague territory. Well, because at that point, because Fang leaves, Mm -hmm. there's there's no longer any chance of making any kind of an animated project or anything like this. Uh, right. uh, Sobe has, has decided, okay, we can't do any of that because he's been told by the lawyers you can't do any of that. So now he's decided... Conversations that should have happened back in December. Yeah. So now he's decided that he's going to make uh, uh, scans of the book to distribute to the Dow members, even though that's also a violation of copyright. Yeah, I mean it's it's fuzzy. It's a little bit fuzzier there. 
because as long as the, the problem is, is that if he was, if he had just owned the book and he made scans and he handed them out to his friends and didn't say anything about it. It's still technically a violation. Oh, of copyright. it's still technically a violation, but it's also something that probably nobody would care about because no money would have exchanged hands. But these folks have all invested in this. Yeah. So you now you got the basic, you know, you're you're essentially paying for a cop. You're paying for copyright infringement. Yep. And that's you know. Um. And, yes. And yes, the, Death Angels the, that you're talking about. Was, uh, the girl who played Chloe Sullivan. Uh, she's currently in federal prison. Uh, I think three years. But I've Something been. Like it's, that, it's, yeah. it's funny because I've been. Uh, I've been sort of kind of peripherally paying attention. Nikki Klein, who was on the reboot of Battlestar Galactica, mm -hmm. uh, she was one of the mechanics. And she has been very vocal about how that whole thing was spun off into a narrative in the media that didn't actually play the way it actually played out. Uh, and I, I haven't really paid much attention to it, but it was one of these things where the the media needed a villain, and this guy was that. Now, however much he was culpable in what actually happened or anything like that, I don't know. I mean, I didn't follow the case. But uh, apparently there are two sides to this, and the media played one uh, side and didn't and it didn't there, pay there's, to the there, well there's always so. two sides to this um and and whether or not um i so so yes allison mack right yeah. so the, the the answer to the question is how how do people get caught up in them the the successful cults the ones that really really are become big and 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 or even just really really small but very effective and, and powerful um they make you feel special and they have a really good They have a really good ability because they're run by people who are good at this yeah. to prey upon the very human feelings of whether it can, it can be loss. It can be insecurity. It can be wanting to be loved. It can be, they, they find the thing that you want and that group is offering it to you. Yeah. And, and it's love bombing. Yeah. is one of the things that they, they call it and it, it so they they make you feel part of of something special and you are special and that can be at, at various at, at, i think at all points we've all had a point in our life where we want we, we we're vulnerable to that is this all that i am is there nothing more and i, right. I think and, i think that the way we're made uh you know made in god's image and all of that but i think we're made to believe in something. Uh, we're, we're made with a need to believe in something outside ourselves, something bigger than who we are. And I think a lot of, a lot of these organizations, a lot of these, these cults and these, these uh, people, these charismatic leaders, they, they find those people who are vulnerable because they haven't found something to believe in. They don't believe in themselves. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in, you know, whatever. And so it makes them more susceptible to, like, what you're talking about, the love bombing. We're going to make you feel good about yourself. 
Yeah, and they so find, they by, find that by hole in your life, yeah. and, and they and they sometimes they shape themselves to fit it. Yeah, and and that's a that's a this is a whole other topic. But it, to me, the folks who are because they, they often come in two flavors, right? And this is I'm oversimplifying, but there's the folks who are aware that they are they're, they're it's it's a scam where they're manipulating these people. They want the power, they want the adulation, they want yeah. your money, whatever it is. The folks at the top are you know don't believe any of this stuff they're just taking advantage of the people and then there's something which i think is almost worse because that's awful but then the folks who actually believe this stuff that they they think that they are you know the messiah or muadib yeah if you want to tie back into this the comet's Um, coming to take us away because those folks are are more dangerous yeah this these folks just want your money these folks probably want your life and, and and the comment from yeah. Death Angel says it sounds like a lot like uh, multi-level marketing. I have actually been in multi-level marketing operations. Um, in my experience, and this is completely anecdotal, uh, I did not encounter anyone that struck me as predatory because the way the way it was set up, the way the way everything was doing. Everybody's success depended on everybody else's success, and so that you know your higher up, your people at the at the higher levels that were making all of you know more more money, were doing so because the people in the lower levels were making money. So they have a vested interest in helping you make your money, so they can make their money. So it was, it was one of those things where I never I never got any kind of a of a sense that anybody was being taken advantage of. Now to say not to say that that doesn't happen right but it's it's a little bit different from the cult like mentality because the cult is emotional investment spiritual investment you've got you're you're all in your every every fiber of your being is is this mm-hmm. whereas with multi-level marketing you're selling product or you're you're recruiting people you're making money it's it's a it's a it's a money thing rather than spiritual fulfillment thing and I think there's right. a, there's and, a difference there in in how how it affects people. Oh yeah, yeah, I would agree. And I think I also think it's important to to recognize that a lot of the people who have been caught up in these cult like behaviors are very intelligent themselves. They are not these are not these are not stupid people who um, are uneducated about this sort of thing happening. But that doesn't stop them from being capable of being manipulated into these situations. Tying this back around to crypto uh, and this sort of thing, there are folks who view this, who view crypto and NFTs and all this stuff as kind of a multi-level marketing situation and sometimes as a cult-like situation because there are folks who are often the evidence of this not working or working a not the way that they expect it to is often gone. Oh no, it's going to be fine. It's like, well, it might be, but yeah. Yeah. So that's a whole different thing, but story's not quite over there, but wait, <laughs> there's, there's more, more <laughs> because Sobe steps away. Right. Yeah. Uh, while all of this is collapsing, they decide that they are going, and this is announced. By the way, because they're they because they have transitioned to having a governing board, they are no longer 
strictly speaking, a DAO. They have a governing or a, a centralized internal organization at this point, which is making decisions that not everyone in the group is happy about. They decide that they announced that Spi the Spice DAO is over and done. It's going to be converted to a private company that's going to be registered in the British Virgin Isles. Yeah. Anybody's alarms going off here? Um, well, and then now they everybody has the be... option of of converting their their spice tokens to Ethereum and get out. Which, by the way, the spice token has crashed so hard in this in, <laughs> during this period that they're, they're, you're taking a loss. Yeah. And they're going to sell the Bible sometime in 2023. Now, remember what the Bible was originally priced at: twenty-five to thirty-five thousand euros and how much they paid for it they are not no one is going to give them two and a half million euros for this book no there are they're taking a loss no matter what every everyone is taking a bath on this now we're not quite over yet <laughs> Because the guy who is basically making these announcements decides he's going to step down. This is all going back to Sobe. Yeah. So the guy who started the whole thing is now back in, in charge, charge of the whole thing again. At the you know he yeah. at the very beginning he's the one who went out and bought this thing for a ridiculous amount of money, and here at the end when all the money is gone, he's in charge again. Yeah. Now, uh, this particular message that went out uh, is uh, there's there's some pretty serious shade. Uh, if you read the language, it is it is a lot. There's some. This is not ending with handshakes and smiles and, no, and wishing you the not. best. <laughs> but what's funny? What's funny is I look at this and in this next to last paragraph, he says the Dow did achieve most of its goals. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> what goals did you did you not post the entire list when you got started? Were there secret goals we didn't know about? Because you didn't accomplish anything except make yourself a laughing stock. Well, and the thing is, is that I mean, if this, if you want, if if you if you are interested in crypto and NFTs and this whole Web three thing, and you think this is something that has a future, this is not helping your case. This sort of ex this sort of just look. There's there's a term. <laughs> um, I again. I I I don't think much of this stuff. There are folks who do. Um, they have the 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 less than kind term crypto bro um, is out there for uh, you know. There's this. There's already this this um, perception of so many of these people who are involved in this that they are sort of blind to the realities of certain situations that yeah. they that they fail to grasp that just because you say something is unregulated doesn't mean there aren't rules and the consequences of of you know actions taking place in this yeah. can still come back to bite you there well, seems to be this sort of obliviousness and for that the, and and that actually is the lead to this obituary in esquire i mean right? esquire magazine of all places this is not you know this is not uh, vox it's not it's not uh, uh kotaku or you know any of the any of the usual suspects when it comes to this kind of thing this is esquire 
And it, and Adrian Westen, Westenfeld writing this, the first sentence in this article. If fear is the mind killer, then stupidity must be the pocketbook killer. I mean, right off the bat. Yeah. Right at the beginning is is look at what this is. I mean, there has been there's been a lot of money spent on dumb things in the history of money. Oh yeah, I've uh, I've done my share. Yeah, so have I. But I'm I'm pleased to say that at no point in my life did I ever think that if I spent a lot of money on a thing, I now own the rights to the thing. Right. And I could. It's, it, I mean, there's a, there's a certain amount of willful blindness. Again, you could pick up pick up the yellow pages as if there's such a thing. You could go online and, and go type in lawyer near me yeah. and make a phone call and probably have a free consultation, if not, you know, an hour long, whatever it is, and save yourself almost $3 million. You know, I'm... I'm curious because I didn't see any mention anywhere in any of this news coverage, any of the media coverage or the or the discussions online or anything. I wonder how old these people are. So most of them are fairly young. Most of them are in their twenties. Um, and and while there are folks, uh, all right, this, I'm I'm 52 years old, so this is going to come with a certain amount of get off my lawn built in. <laughs> Right. I am twice the age of a lot of these people. Right. Right. And and but we've we've mentioned this before, too. When you're young, you're you know, if you, when you're in your 20s, you're kind of an idiot. I mean, you might be really, really bright, but you have there's only so much life experience you have. And you the longer you live, the more you learn from your mistakes. Right. You make yeah. you make some of you. You make some of your biggest and ugliest mistakes when you're young. See, hopefully, you know, hopefully I, you move I, past them. I'm hearing my words coming back to me. These are the things that I said to my 20 year old before he stopped talking to me. Like you, you, yes, you're very smart. You're very bright, but <laughs> you right. don't know then, what you then, don't know. And and yeah, but then you compound it by the fact that. These are people who be who are very young who became very rich because of a single transaction. Yeah, and so there's there's the uh, again there are, there's a wide range of people. There are folks who are who are doing the the crypto and NFT thing, and and they are being very smart and very clever. Um, and and like Robert says, there are a lot of millionaires, but there's also a lot of folks who used to be millionaires and are not millionaires anymore yeah. because they. I mean the it's a very it's a it's a very dangerous place to be in the market for this sort of thing right now um and i don't know if it's going to be um you know it's the problem is how long will this maintain at a guess i would say it's likely to get worse as the recession continues so i i don't well I don't, and you know. yeah I, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of pros and cons to this and if you can find a way to make it work for you fantastic but there are a lot of people who haven't but we have seen, you know, you hear stories all the time about folks who win the lottery. You know, they've won 10 million, 20 million, 100 million dollars. And a year later, they're broke. Yeah. 
And this is, and, and of course, these are folks who are in their 30s or 40s or 50s. In your 20s, do not give Tim Harvey a million dollars when he's 24. Don't <laughs> do it. It's a bad idea. And I'm... I, I don't know that I... Relatively well, smart. <laughs> I guess I guess I guess fifty-two-year-old Tim Harvey would know what to do with would would be able to manage I, it a little bit better. I actually do. I would sit there and I have I you know would know exactly how this money would get invested yes. and and it and it would be so conservative when it comes to investment. It would yeah. be like I'm going to get five percent over two years. Done. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. By the I mean, way, Warner, give me, give me you know, Warner 1% Brothers over here. Yeah, Warner Brothers Discovery is at fourteen dollars right now. Yeah, it's a good time to. I guess might be good. Might be. Might be a good time to buy. Consult with your stuff. tax attorney, your accountant. This is does not constitute official financial advice. Yeah, don't do do not do not come. <laughs> do think not that listen to Tim Harvey. Uh, yeah, don't uh, I have I've got an art degree, guys. Remember that. Yeah, graphic design degree. I am not a legal advisor. Um, there's, you know, we, and we put that disclaimer on all of our money, money talk dishes. It's like, nope, we're just, we're just talking here, folks. Oh, yeah. My. I think the, the, um, yeah, I mean, look, the, the, the potential for a lot of this stuff is a lot of people think there's a lot there and, and I personally don't, and that's fine. And they might make a lot more money than I'm ever going to make. And that's fine too. Um, I'm also not going to lose that money. Yeah. Um, so I think it's okay for, for me. But I'm sure that someone else will come along with some other thing where they're... I mean, I'm I'm still curious what's happening with this Frank Miller NFT thing with these guys. Because um, as far as I can tell, it's still happening. Well, I saw... What was this? Well, he's he even mentions here... Um, since the Dow did agree to the Frank Miller drop, I'll be finding a group to execute the sale. So apparently that's still going on somehow. The subsequent proceeds will go into the Dow Treasury, which will be available to claim. So it feel it that sounds like a wash to me, but uh, it sounds like something is is still moving on that. But there's been so much. The NFT market has has really been damaged lately i mean i like personally i think nfts are just yeah. dumb but again that's an opinion you can disagree feel free um so i don't i don't i don't know i don't know what's going on with that um yeah. so the saga is over Ish. but the, i guess the corpse is still kicking yeah well, and, and interesting here, Robert says that BlackRock's investment software is opening up Bitcoin trading. It's $10 trillion of investor money that will be able to be invested. That that could uh, that could uh, create some issues. I think, I mean, again, there's, there. look, there's, I'm not saying this, all of this stuff is bad. I'm not saying that all of this stuff doesn't have the potential to make a lot of people money. I'm just also, I am saying that there's been a whole lot of people who've lost a lot of money. Yeah. And, um like any investment opportunity do your research consider the worst case scenario yes due diligence and those are the words due, 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 due diligence it's a thing so i hear um 
but yeah, and, and if someone comes along and wants to uh, to you to get, give you money so that they can buy a rare copy of a of a famous book, um, well, <laughs> um, and Robert, yes, modern art is up and dumb beyond outsiders. Uh, NFTs are not modern art. They can, some of it can be modern art, and there's some artists who have made a lot of money on it. I'm not saying you can't make money on it. Yeah. Fire Spe beware. Speaking risk, of which, risk exists. Speaking of which, I have uh, I have um, a thought that we do the print magazine. One of the tiers will be to make the cover art available as a poster. So, oh, sure. cool. and I and I told Mindy what the combination of elements is going to have to be. There's there's two options here. It is there's not going to be an NFT version of this. It's just going to be there's there's going to be a print a print right. version, right? <clears throat> All right. So, one option is dinosaur, spaceship, astronauts, alien, fuzzy rabbit. The other the other option is you swap out the dinosaur for a dragon. So. Dinosaur has the spaceship in his teeth and the astronauts are on the ground like, oh crap, dinosaur has our spaceship in his teeth. And these little fuzzy rabbits are going, what's going on? Right? So there's one. The other sure, one sure. is dragon is fighting spaceship, pew pew, flames, lasers, whatever. Little fuzzy rabbits are going, oh, Sparklies, what's going on? <laughs> Shiny, yep. Uh -huh. So one of those I like two. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll do something like that. That'll be on. That'll be the cover of the first print edition of of our Starlog. Only we're not going to call it Starlog because we don't have the rights to Starlog. Wouldn't and, that uh, be something? And and we also don't need to pay a lawyer to know that. I know, but wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be so cool if we could get the rights to Starlog? And if if they oh, sat yeah. there and said, "Yeah, we're not going to do anything with it. Go ahead, you know, pay us a dollar, you know, do the Stephen King deal, whatever." That <laughs> would be lovely. They don't care um, about Starlog. I'd also like to be taller, younger, and prettier, but that's not happening either. Well, they do make platform shoes. So that's you true. There are taller. there are you know, and and uh, I have yet to explore the, the joys of, of Botox. So Botox, hair, that are hair, not happening. hair plugs. <laughs> uh, you know, you could you know you could you could look younger. That, I could. That I could. I could make a serious effort that I'm not going to make. All right. <laughs> all right. We will leave. I'm it trying there. to age gracefully over here. Yeah. Well. All right. Well. Uh, <laughs> and and as we do that, we we creep closer to ten years uh, doing doing this show. So uh, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Galaxy log. Eh, that's not a bad. That's not a bad title. Yeah, we gotta we gotta figure out we gotta figure out what we're gonna do with that. All right. In the meantime, uh, a programming note. Uh, usually, the Ranker Pit is on Tuesday nights. This week, it's going to be on Thursday. The reason for that is because the Walt Disney Company's earnings call is Wednesday. So we're going to wait for that and then see what comes out of that. And then that will give us fodder for discussion on, on Thursday. So we'll be talking on uh, Do you Thursday think it's going to match up to the what came out of the Warner Brothers call? I mean, talk I, you about know, given the fallout. Fact, given the fact that Hollywood hates both David Zaslav and Bob Chapek, I think we'll get something similar. Yeah. Because I think they're both ready to start swinging an axe. I, you know, Zaslav started to. I, I think Chapek's... Chapek's not quite as far along. 
because he's had more fights internally that he's had to deal with. But mm. so now that he's got that three-year contract from a unanimous vote from the board, I expect Chapek to start cleaning up a lot of places too, just like Zaslav's doing. And I, you can be sure that they're comparing notes. Can you believe this town? <laughs> yeah. All right, we'll leave it there and, uh, and and do this all again next week. We've got, I got a list. We got a list. We mm-hmm. got some notes. It's different topics. We do. So we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk different things. Oh, by the way, we got called out. I yes, meant, we did. I, I meant to start. I meant to start the show this this week with this, but I forgot. We got called out for last week's episode, not including Barnard Cribbins. Right. And. The more I thought about it, because I'd responded back, I said, we did report on his death on Good Morning Multiverse. The more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, you could you could justify leaving him out of that, our, that particular discussion that we had last week for Nichelle Nichols and, and David Warner, because Cribbins didn't have as much of a track record in genre. He did Doctor Who. He did Dalek's Invasion of Earth. He didn't do science fiction fantasy stuff. He had he had he had the children's show that he narrated, but th- other than that, he didn't really do anything. He was mostly comedy. So I I think we're okay not including him. I mean, not not in meaning any disrespect to him, but you know, with us focusing on uh, Nichelle and David Warner both having so much of a career in genre. Um, it, it was, it was, I, I, it was, I think we did okay, but that that, said, I just said, wanted we, to we, address we should that have mentioned it, so. it, if nothing else, just to, to be thorough as we're talking about yeah. those two as well. So I yeah. think if it's fair calling us out and I think it's, I think you're also quite right, Jason. So, all right. All right. That's it for us. Thanks very much folks, uh, for being here. Don't forget uh, we do have a number of different places online where you can connect with us on social media and video channels. And we've got the tip jar and the subscribe star in case you want to throw us some coinage uh, to, to help us help us prepare for our print edition. We've got some ideas. We've got some ideas. I think I think I'm actually I think I'm actually thinking we're going to do this. Maybe. We'll see. All right. All right. That's <laughs> Thanks very much, everybody in the chat. Good to have you all here. Don't forget, sci-fi for me, TV.2. Go find that channel uh, and, uh, and, and subscribe there. We've got 15 over there now. That's the experiment. We're going to see. And I did get a newsletter out today. I'm very proud of myself. So, all right. <sighs> We're done. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2022, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio.